Media. Fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at C4Energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast, where we are highlighting the athletes of the 2023 CrossFit Games semifinals. And we have with us today Arturo Torres. What's going on, Arturo? How's it going, guys? So I'm going to start this off by saying you're a hard guy to research <laughs> because your name is more common than one would believe. Really? So, and there are other Arturo Torreses who are CrossFitters uh, across the states. So what I want to do is to start this off, I want to play fact or fiction. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you a fact that I found of an Arturo Torres, and you tell me if, in fact, it is you or it is another Arturo Torres. <laughs> All right. Okay. Started, started school at Texas A&M. Fact. Fact. And did you grow up in Texas? Were you an Aggie fan all along or just that's where you ended up? Yeah, no. So I grew up in Texas. I grew up in uh, I grew up in Houston slash Humble area. Um, and A&M was just I wanted to do petroleum engineering. Uh, and A&M had one of the best programs um, and I ended up getting a full ride academically. So it was just kind of a no brainer to go there. OK, played baseball and soccer. Correct. Uh, growing up, baseball was baseball and football were my main sports. Uh, but after uh, <laughs> life was kind of wild. Uh, so after I left A&M, uh, I ended up going to Bible school for three years. And then I ended up living in Alaska for three years. Uh, long story short, after Alaska, I went back and to finish up college in Arkansas. And there I got to play some college baseball and college soccer, even though I was like, you know, seven years older than everybody. So you were the old man on the team? Did I you, was did the you old man. Some ribbing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So in baseball, usually that, that guy's nickname pops or... <laughs> Or Gramps or something like that. Yeah, I I didn't get that nickname. I don't even I don't even think I had a nickname, but definitely like was like the role model and like the you know the leader on the team. It was I mean it was kind of fun. You know it was fun because I got to like you know hang out and have fun and do all the all the guys stuff, but also like have like uh, the young guys come at me for advice and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, and I, I really enjoyed it. So what position did you play in baseball? Um. During practice, uh, third base uh, was my main position. But uh, during the games, I mostly just ran for the catcher. Um, I was really fast. So that's pretty much what got me on the team was, you know, I, I played baseball, so I knew what I was doing. But I was rusty. But my, you know, running is running. So. So you were like uh, the jet in the sandlot. Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Ex I would say exactly like the jet. There you go. 
<laughs> you were the guy that stole home when they needed it. Uh-huh. So, okay. So you took took my Alaska one. What took you to Alaska for three years? So as I mentioned, I, you know, I went to Bible school in Dallas for three years. And after I graduated, uh, I really wanted to go travel and do like missions and stuff like that. Um, I kind of wanted to go to Japan and do that, but I wanted to do it on, um, on my own money. Um, you know, I didn't want to like post like, Hey, like I want to do this mission. Everybody send me money. Let me go do this. Let me go do that. I was like, I can, I'll make my own money and I'll go do missions on my own. And, um, and so I had heard that if you go commercial fishing in Alaska, that, uh, you can make a lot of money really fast. You know, you'd have to work really hard. Um, but either way, uh, there was a girl that I went to school with who had family up there that did commercial fishing. Uh, so long story short, I got hooked up with her brother and her brother gave me a job. And so I went up there and commercial fished for salmon. So is that anything like deadliest catch or? So almost, except it's not as hard. So uh, you're there for like three months at a time, uh, but you're, you're in, so it's in the summer. So the waters are less, you know, less, uh, less violent. Uh, it's also not in the middle of the ocean. It's, uh, you know, you're surrounded by, you know, islands and stuff like that. So, uh, so one, the weather's not as rough and the water's not as rough and the hours aren't as long. But I mean, you're still out there for, you know, two and a half months. And I mean, you're still putting in sometimes like 16 hour days. Um, but I've, I've had friends that did, uh, you know, that, that did do the crab boat fishing and stuff like that. And I'm so glad I never got the chance because it's it was a lot harder than what I did. So how did the missions work go? Um, did you have time to do that um, when you weren't on the boat? No. Uh, so, I mean, I, I led. So, uh, I, so I stayed for three years. I did three seasons. And in the off season, uh, I was part of a really cool church. And I got to, uh, I, I led young men's groups. Uh, you know, I was on the worship team and did I did do some like mission stuff there. But as far as like the original vision, it just kind of, it just kind of changed a little bit. Um I think it's I think it's more in the future. Um, and and then kind of what I'm doing now is leading towards that. I want to I mean, the whole goal, the whole point of my journey is I want to create a platform uh, for myself where I can share my journey and share what I've been through and uh, really just encourage people to dream. That's like the whole goal behind it is anything is possible, uh, you know, through God and hard work. And so this is kind of like you know, a mission, but on a, on a different level. So were you raised a Christian or did you have like a rebirth moment? Uh, so I was raised Catholic. Um, and then in high school, you know, we kind of migrated towards, uh, just non-denominational Christianity. Uh, but I had a very, very powerful, uh, come to Jesus moment in college at A&M. Um, and I would say, that moment was like the true turning moment in my life. Cause I, you know, I'd been baptized before and, you know, I'd, I'd said the words before, but there was something different uh, whenever uh, it happened at A&M. Um, it was at a huge Bible study called Breakaway and, uh, you know, thousands of college students. Um, and I had a moment there with Jesus and it was just, my life was never the same after that. So I know looking through your Instagram, you make it a point that that is the number one priority in your life. And you want to remind people that, that he is in the forefront of, of your life. 
you said you want to use this platform for that. Um, how successful are you? And do you think making semifinals gives you a bigger platform to move that forward? I think it's a step in the right direction. Um, I think, um, and then I, I just had a friend recently start helping with media. So I definitely think everything is moving in the direction that I was hoping that it would move. Uh, and I definitely think my plat, you know, the platform hopefully will grow, you know what I mean? Hopefully I, you know, I do well enough and, you know, I, um, you know, I can make a name for myself at semis and hopefully get a little bit more attention and, uh, you know, just grow the social media a little bit more, um, and start doing a better job with videos. Uh, cause if you look at my social media for the, for the past, like, maybe four or five months, it's been slacking. But I mean, it's because I've been so focused on the actual work behind, you know, what it's going to take to make it to the next level uh, that, you know, making videos and stuff like that just hasn't been a priority. So uh, having a friend, um, you know, helping me out with all that has made a huge difference. So yeah, I can imagine. I know doing this stuff, the work it takes to like get one reel out or to get like it takes hours mm -hmm. and if you want it to be good yeah and i'm sure you're trying to attract people to your message and so you want it to be good yeah yeah nobody wants to you know some mediocre content recorded on my phone from crappy angles and you know so you know there's a lot of people who romanticize what it's like to live in alaska right? You see the proposal, you see mystery Alaska, you see all these movies and it kind of paints this picture of this really beautiful place to live. Mm -hmm. What was your experience like? It was exactly that, to be honest. Um, so what I call Alaska is like a little, it's like literally a, a slice of heaven on earth. Uh, I lived in Homer, Alaska, so it was right off the ocean. Uh, so it kept the weather very, uh, I don't know the words temperate, I don't know, very mild. So uh, the summers were, you know, you're talking like maybe like 70s, 80s with the nice, you know, cool, cool breeze. Um, it was never, uh, you know, never humid. And then the winters never really got below. If it was in the 20s to 30s, you know, it was t-shirt weather. Uh, it was just so, uh, so dry and so nice. And so, uh, you know, winters got hard because, you know, the, the sun starts, you know, not being out as long. And and all that but the summer's more than made up for it if you had to do it all over again would you do it again i'd do it again yeah i mean what i learned and what i grew during that time and and you know the and the just the adventure aspect of it you know i got to i got to go hunting for moose you know i got to go you know fishing for king salmon on the river and on the you know uh, on the ocean got to go hike it i mean the whole uh, the whole thing was an amazing experience. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd do it all over again in a heartbeat. So I, I live here in Columbus, Ohio. No water really around us, but some lakes up north. And I had to go do a business trip to the Pacific Northwest. Ate some salmon there. That is not the same fish we get over <laughs> here in Columbus. Like the taste of that salmon is so much better. And I can only imagine being in Alaska fishing for it yourself mm -hmm. and getting it that fresh. Mm. 
Yeah, that that might have been the probably one of my favorite parts about fishing is, you know, so we're on the small boat, so we can only pack uh, so much meat. Uh, so a lot of times, you know, when we catch a good fish, you know, we'll just we'll, we'll fillet it right there and then we'll throw it in the freezer. And uh, anytime we caught a king salmon, uh, sometimes we'd keep some of those. And the king salmon is probably my favorite salmon in the world. Uh, it's so, so good. Um, and so, yeah, and, you know, same thing. We'll stock, we'd stockpile it, you know, take it back home, put it in the freezer at home. And um, I can make a really, really good king salmon fried rice. So I want to get into this season a little bit. I saw a post, I think, where you did like a mini weight loss journey. You lost like 14 pounds going into the season. Um, is that a fact? Yep, that's a fact. So what changed either motivationally or nutritionally to, to get you down that journey? Um, at the risk of not crying. <laughs> um, so me and, uh, me and my ex-girlfriend broke up and she was, uh, she was doing all my nutrition for me. And, uh, and so at that moment I had to, I had to step in and kind of take charge of that myself. You know, she was doing a really good job. Uh, but it's a little bit different when you're more involved, more hands-on, you know, in your own nutrition. So, uh, so I, so I had to take the reins on that and, uh, I started doing, uh, RP diet. So my nutritionist, um, she, she's a, a super sweet. Uh, she's just helping me out for, uh, for free, essentially. Her name is Tiffany. And um, what was I going to say? So she recommended that I do RP diet, uh, you know, and that it might give me more accurate macros. And, and so uh, I was like, okay, so I started doing RP diet um, and taking charge of my meal prep. And long story short, I've been eating the same, <laughs> the same meal prep, but different flavors pretty much since October. <laughs> I haven't changed it. I don't want to look at a new recipe. I don't feel like, you know, counting different macros for different meals. I know what I like. I know what I want. And I know, you know, I know the macros behind it. So, uh, yeah, so that was a big, um, yeah, that, that was a big change for me. How be how much better do you feel? Oh, I feel amazing. I, and I don't feel any weaker. Um, if any, if anything, most of my lifts feel just as strong. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's amazing. And I think I'm down even more than, so I think in October I was 214 pounds and at least like two weeks ago when I checked, I was maybe like 190, 197. Nice. Yeah, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Now you're getting into that ideal weight for a CrossFitter. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I learned my lesson last year. So last year, um, I mean, one, obviously I still had some growing to do, but, uh, two, I did really, really well in the weightlifting portions of the quarters, but not as well on the, on all the other aspects. And so, um, yeah, I was like, I, I'm not going to be, I'd rather be a more fit athlete than a stronger athlete because it just, it didn't pay off for me, you know? Yeah. And just so our audience knows last year at quarterfinals, you finished 538th in North America mm -hmm. and this year, 39th in the West. Massive jump, mm -hmm. massive jump. Yeah. And you had made a massive jump the year before. Cause in 21, you were like 1,836th uh -huh. jumped up to 538th and now you jump up again. So you're just constantly getting better. Yeah. 
It's so fun. To, so fun to watch that. What confidence does that give you going into semis? So I'm always going to be confident, you know, and humble. I don't think those two things necessarily contradict each other. I think you can be both. Um, but I guess the confidence is like, this has kind of always been the plan is, you know, make it to quarters and then I'll have two months to get ready for semis. Like that's always been the plan. Like I didn't care. It didn't matter if I finished, you know, first in the quarter or first in quarters or 59th, as long as I made it to the next level, two months was all I was going to need to prepare for that next level and, and, you know, and, and cover that gap that I needed to make up. So, um, yeah, so I know I'm still, I think I finished 39th in quarters. Uh, and so I, you know, I'd have to make up 30 spots before semis to, to really have a shot at the games. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the plan is to, you know, make up one spot at a time. So this will be your first time at a semifinal. Have you done any other large competitions before this? No, and I don't necessarily regret it, but I also would have enjoyed a little more experience going into it. Uh, I did make an effort to qualify for Wadapalooza, uh for the for the elite division, and I didn't make it. I mean, yeah, and so uh, and I, I only wanted to do that, so I had a little bit more uh, big stage experience, um, but. I think it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, no. So, and I took a, I, I intentionally took a break from competing so that I could focus on my training. Cause every time you do a competition, you're talking about cycling down the week before, you know, and focus on the competition. Then you got to recover a few days after. So, I mean, you, you lose almost a week of, of training just to do that competition. And I was like, I can't afford to sacrifice any weeks if I want to cover, if I want to bridge the gaps that I want to bridge. So, yeah, makes sense. Um, you've got to get your fitness to the right level. And if you don't have that, it doesn't matter what the people around you are doing. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about this season. It appeared for a minute you were going team. Mm -hmm. And now, did did you not expect to finish this high as an indie, Or did the team just not come together like it was planned? So the team came together as it was planned. Um, so that's actually, yeah, it, that was a tough, that was a tough few days for me. Uh, the whole team thing, because I love my team so much. And so when they asked me to be uh, a part of the, you know, part of the team at the beginning of the season, uh, you know, I told them like, yes, I think uh, I want to be a part of this team. And I think we could do really well. Uh, you know, that being said, I want to push my individual season as far as I can, you know, so I let them know that, you know, that was my goal. Um, but I don't think anybody, including me, uh, expected to do as well as I did. Uh, and I told him, you know, having taken that break from competition, I had no idea where I was going to be at, you know, throwing my hat back in the ring. And so I think it caught us all off guard, uh, you know, when I did, when, when I did qualify, um, and then we ended up qualifying as a team as well. Um, and yeah, and for a moment it looked like, yeah, it looked like they might not be able to go without me, but, um, and so, yeah, that was a tough few days, like, you know, having to feel like I had to decide between myself and the team and, you know, and so that, that was really So hard. you're going to do both? No, I can't you, do both. All You're going to do all 12 workouts? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that'd be great. Uh, but no, I'm so, uh, yeah, so I'm going individual and 
uh, they're going to compete with uh, with our alternate. But we're all going to be there, which was my dream from the get go. It was as soon as I qualified, I was like, OK, well, uh, you know, let's let's kick butt, you know, at the team quarters. And then that way we can all five be there together. I saw an old video where you talked about working out alone. Uh, do you have training partners? So, do you work out with the team? No. So, uh, so that was, that was probably the best part of, about being a part of the team is I didn't have to work out, you know, by myself anymore. Um, I got to be a, a part of a competitive community. Uh, that being said, um, right now I have a roommate, his name's Emmanuel and, um, you know, super cool guy. So I, I met him in college playing soccer. Uh, and, um, so he's been, uh, he's kind of been like supporting me as best he can. He's not, uh, he just got into CrossFit this year. Um, so it's not, or so, yeah, so he's not like at a super high level, but he's there with me, you know, and he's working out next to me, you know, he's doing his own thing. Uh, he just makes sure I'm not in the gym, makes sure I'm not in the gym alone. Cause I go, I usually go a little bit after, uh, you know, towards the end of classes and stay a little bit after since I have a key because I'm a coach um, because a lot of my workouts do require a lot of space. Um, and so you know, I, I have to work out by myself. Um, and so, yeah, so I would say my, even though we don't do the same thing, uh, he's kind of my training partner because he's there with me. You know, he's supporting me. He's pushing me. And so uh, I'm thankful for that because on days where I have to go alone, alone, it gets pretty lonely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't, I couldn't even like I'd have to do that occasionally because my work schedule and my gym schedule just don't mesh always. And thankfully, I have a little garage gym that I can at least get some work in. But being out there alone is I never hit the intensity that I can hit when I'm at at the gym with other people. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's not the same. Yeah, and then. At Lifetime, so I, I train at Lifetime as well. I do my strength there, and I have some friends there as well. And same thing, you know. Sometimes we don't all show up at the same time, and I'm by myself, and it's like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> so I saw your video where you were hang snatching some pretty big weight, um, definitely big boy weight. But my question was going to be: Do the people at Lifetime look at you kind of funny when you're throwing away around these bumper plates and? doing all that stuff. But then you hyped the crowd that wasn't there. <laughs> and I was like, he probably doesn't even care if they're looking at him or making fun of him. Yeah, no, I, one, I don't care, but then two, uh, I'm a coach at lifetime as well. And I, I've, I've been there for so long that I know almost all the people, uh, and they've seen me do it for so long. You know, this, I've been doing this for three years now. So uh, unless they're new, they know exactly like who I am and what I'm doing. And, you know, they expect, you know, and I don't, I don't shy around from, you know, letting the weights drop and, you know, make some noise. So they know. Yeah. I think we actually have it here. I'm going to go ahead and share it, <laughs> blow it up a little bit. Um, But yeah, I think 235, you get up to 285 in this, I think. Yep, two eighty five. Um, I, I went and for the form looks good, man. man. Thank you. Yeah, I, I love I love it from the hang. Um, from the floor is a little bit rougher, but from the hang, that's I always feel good. And then I think it's right around. Then the, after this one yeah. is when you you bring on the crowd, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
right there. Yep. And there is nobody, nobody <laughs> there. That is classic, man. <laughs> I have to start, you know, since I took a break from competing, I got to put myself in those positions mentally, at least, you know. Right, man. Walk, walk the reps through in your mind. Uh-huh. Yep. You know, I mean, a lot of pro athletes say they do that. Yeah. I've been doing that, you know, even in my, just my Metcons. And, you know, usually I, you know, if I'm starting on the rower, I'll just start on the rower. But now I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be touching the wall or something and I'll, you know, I'll wait for the clock to count down. Then I'll run to the rower, you know, just to get, you know, I want to get those nerves out. You know what I mean? I don't want to feel that pressure being in the competition, not being used to starting somewhere, running somewhere and, you know, before you have to start. So it's like all the years when I was a teenager singing in my bedroom. I thanked the crowd for coming. You know, I de dedicated songs. So when I made it to the big stage, I was prepared. Yeah. <laughs> kind of fell short from that dream, but, you know, I get it. Okay, so you were never a singer? Uh, I was a singer in a band okay. in the late 80s for a minute. Okay. Um, but, yeah, never, never made, like, Madison Square Garden or anything. Yeah, okay. You were living my dream. That was my dream growing up was uh, to be a singer. And as soon as I heard myself on recording for the first time, I was like, okay, well, we, we can do something. Better else. start lifting some weights, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yep, pretty much. <laughs> well, Arturo, this has been a blast. Um, I want to wish you well at semifinals. What's the plan for the next eight weeks or seven weeks or whatever we have left at this point? Uh, pretty much what I've been doing um, and then just adding in all the elements that could be at semis that we didn't have to see at quarters. Uh, you know, I was swimming a lot and running a lot before, uh, you know, early last year. And I kind of stopped leading up to the open and quarters just because, you, you know, those are elements you're not going to see. Uh, so why not focus on the elements you will see? So now, uh, you know, reincorporating those things into my training. You know, running, swimming, uh, torque sled, uh, all those, you know, sandbags, all those elements that you're not likely to see in the quarters, uh, just reincorporating that and, you know, just, you know, keep pushing hard. Yeah. Do you have a torque sled? Uh, we have one at Lifetime, actually. So I okay. did a torque wow. workout yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it, I didn't know, though. Uh, one of uh, she was a semifinal athlete last year. Uh, and she's a part of a team, Kima. Natalie Thompson reached out to me after she saw my video yesterday and was like, You got to hold it lower, you got to hold it at the bottom. Because uh, when she did semis, that was a standard. You had to hold, you couldn't push it from the top, you had to push it from the bottom. So I was like, Well, great. I was like, There goes a wasted workout. <laughs> I like Natalie, Natalie's great. Yeah. Uh, I met her last year at semis. Yeah, she is great. She's she's awesome. She's yeah, fantastic person, fantastic athlete, and a, a mom of twins. Yeah. Yeah, she had the kids with her and her husband uh, backstage when I met her last year. Um, she's awesome. Yeah, agreed. Well, Arturo, you are a very interesting man. I think you could be the next uh, most interesting man in the world for the Doseki ads <laughs> um, with all the things you've done in your life. I wish you well. I'm going to be in Pasadena. So hopefully we'll meet in person. Maybe we'll get a couple sound bites from you coming off the floor. Absolutely. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. And everybody in the audience, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Media Podcast. <laughs>